I'm telling you, it was all good. Well, well. I'm ready to hide in Jesus. Amen. Amen. I, I was sharing with them in Sunday school earlier that the Scriptures teach us that the safest place in all the world is being in the will of God under the wings of the shadow of God Almighty. Even if that means you're in the dangerous, most dangerous place or the dangerous moment in time, if you under the shadow and the wings of the Almighty, you're in the safest place you could ever be. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, won't you take your copy of God's Word, turn this morning to Mark chapter number 7. If you didn't bring a Bible with you, if you'll look along the, the end of your pews, there are normally a couple of red Bibles there. You can get them and follow along with us, but we'll be in the Gospel of Mark chapter number 7. And I, I just wanted to share with you today of some of the things that we've been picking up. Something that I've been noticing as we've been reading is just this tenacity of some of these people that had such great needs to get to Jesus and nothing was going to keep them away from him. It wasn't going to be a sickness. It wasn't going to be their pride. It wasn't going to be the disciples. It wasn't going to be the Pharisees or the Sadducees. It wasn't going to be Herod. They were going to get to Jesus because of the need that they had. That need they had pushed their pride aside. And they grabbed a hold of Jesus. And when they did, Jesus grabbed a hold of them. And we see several different times illustrated through the scriptures. For an example, there was a woman who had an issue of blood. When she heard Jesus was coming, she was in the crowd and she reached out and she grabbed a hold and just touched his garments. And the scripture says that when she touched his garments, power touched her body and healed her. And Jesus knew that somebody touched him with, with faith. And no sooner than that, here comes a man who had a, a child that needed to be healed and he pleaded with Jesus to, to heal that child. They get to the house and the child has died. But that didn't stop Jesus. Amen. Faith continued to push them and drive them and draw them to the Lord. And we look at this passage here. Here's another situation that we find in Mark 7. Here's a, a Greek, a Gentile. A Syrophoenician woman, the scripture describes her. The scripture says in Mark 7 in verse number 24. It says, from there he arose and he went to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and wanted no one to know it. But I want to tell you when Jesus is there, everybody's going to know. Amen. <laughs> Look, but he could not be hidden. Man, I believe that with all my heart. When Jesus lives in a person's life, he can't be hidden. When he abides in a person's home, he cannot be hidden. Wherever Jesus goes, people are going to know that he is there because he is the difference maker. He makes a difference, not only in this life, but he makes a difference eternally. And the scripture says that he didn't want anybody to know where he was at. But he couldn't be hidden. People are going to talk about Jesus. Amen. And when Jesus lives in your life, you're going to talk about him too. Amen? Amen. You will. You will. It's just the way that it is. It's what he does when he takes up residence in a house. Verse 25 says, For a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit, demonic spirit, a demon, 
She heard about him and she came and she fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, meaning she was a Gentile, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she kept asking him to cast out the demon of her daughter. He, she just kept asking him. Whether he paid attention to her or not, that which was in her before that might have been prideful of any kind, it, it got pushed aside when she heard about Jesus. She put all that aside and she went and fell at his feet and at his mercy and she was going to be relentless. And the scripture says, verse 27, But Jesus said to her, Let the children be filled first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she answered and said to him, Oh, yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, For this saying, go your way. The demon has gone out of your daughter. And when she came to her house, she found the demon gone out and her daughter lying on the bed. I want to tell you, Jesus don't actually have to be there to heal. Amen. All he's got to do is say it and it is done. But I, I, this passage just always intrigues me. Here Jesus is. He's around a lot of people who were brought up and raised around the Word of God. Many of them uh, were people who had been heard the, the Pharisees teach, the rabbis teach. They've been the synagogues. They heard continuously through their lifetime the Word of God. But it, here's a woman from another Another place, a woman from another culture, a Greek, a Gentile that wasn't raised under the promises of God. But she hears about this Jesus who can't be hidden. And she hears what he's been doing, that he's been touching people's lives. Rusty, that he's been reaching out and grabbing people. That's something Mark keeps emphasizing. That not only did Jesus speak about healing and not only did he say people were healed, but Mark emphasizes over and over again how he touched people. How he raised them up and drew him close to them, personal and intimate. And when he healed a blind man, how he felt his ears and and and. and his eyes and he put his hands on him and he rebuked that dumb spirit that he had and those ears that had been blocked up and a man goes from being able to not hear and speak to speaking plainly amen. that's a miracle amen here's a man that's never been able to communicate and speak and he goes from not being able to make sense in what he said to just all of a sudden speaking plainly that everybody knew what he was saying it's a miracle but that's what Jesus does but what I, I get in here is, is, is this. There's a couple things. You know, Mr. Bud allows me to go down there and hunt on his place. And a lot of times when I'm down there, uh, the neighbors, as you enter in Mr. Bud's place across the road there, they normally have a few dogs. And I want to tell you, them dogs bark at everything. Anything in everything they bark at. When I pull up, they bark at me. When a car goes by, they bark at the car. If somebody runs by, they're going to bark at them. I mean they bark at anything and everything with the exception of one thing. Their master. Their owner. See, while I'm sitting on that stand and I'm hunting, I can hear everything's going on at that house. When they step outside and they open their mouth, I hear every word. It's like I'm sitting in their front yard listening to them talk. 
And that dog can be barking at a car going by or he barking at this or he's barking at that. But when that man or that woman walks outside and begins to talk and walk around the yard and work in the yard and talk to the dog, the dog never barks. See, the dog, a dog don't bark at its master, it barks for its master. That's important. Don't bark at him, but he barks for him. See, when them cars go by, he's barking for, he's barking for his master. When he hears me back in the woods, he barks uh, for his master barking at me. But you know, I, I've learned, though, to pay attention to his bark. Why? Because if I, no cars come by, and I don't hear any other activity going on, and all of a sudden that old dog starts barking, the preacher starts watching. Why? Because there's a deer done walk, went across the road, or a deer's done got up in the thicket, and I'm paying attention, and it's almost every single time that dog gets to barking and acting up, I'm watching those lanes down there, and sure enough, a doe will pop out. Within about five or ten minutes, a doe or a buck will, will pop out in the lane after, or a fox will pop out. Something is going to show up. So that dog clues me in. But see, he's not barking um, at, at his, his master. He's barking for him when he hears something. And here's a lady who Jesus just called a dog. She wasn't barking at him. She was barking for him. And no matter what, that when Jesus spoke to her, even though he called her a dog, now that would be an insult to most of us, wouldn't you say? Jesus referring to you as a dog. You see, but when, when, pride, when, when pride is pushed out of the way because you've got such a great need, she had a great need, she had a daughter that was possessed with a demon, an unclean spirit, and she was under that influence, and, and had, she had no power over that. So the need she had was greater than the reality of this insult that Jesus just gave her. That insult became a word of affirmation, not an insult to injury. It didn't injure her. It didn't wound her. Because her need already pushed the pride away. And she was willing to take whatever the master was going to give her, even if it was crumbs. Amen? Amen. And you see, that's the difference between a lot of us and her. We go around from place to place and, and we're looking for people to build us up and lift us up. And when somebody insults us because of pride, our pride has not been pushed out of the way with a great need. We get angry over it. We get mad about it. We insulted by it. And we miss out on a lot that God may want to do for us. Amen. You know why? Because our pride is greater than our need. But when our needs are greater than our pride, Pride doesn't play an issue anymore. Amen. That master can say, do what? Kick you? Hit you? Send you after a bone? Call you a dog? Or do whatever? You're going you're gonna to be grateful that the master's even talking to you. Amen? Come on. And what a blessing. Why? She saw something. She wasn't going to be denied. See, faith won't be denied when it sees something in the Lord that the Lord has something you need. And that's right where this woman was at. That's right where that woman with the, the, the issue of blood was at. Her need was greater than her pride. So she didn't mind getting on her knees and moving through the crowd just to reach out and touch the garment of Jesus. She didn't mind looking like a fool. She didn't mind looking like somebody who was in great need. She had a great need and she had an answer for it. And he was standing right there. Amen. 
Everything else went out the window. She grabbed a hold of him. We see that blind Bartimaeus. Y'all remember him and that blind man that heard Jesus was coming and started crying out, Oh, son of David. Oh, son of David. And the disciples told him to shut up, be quiet, quit aggravating Jesus. He cried out even more, Son of David! Why? He had a need that pushed pride out of the way. And it didn't matter what those disciples were saying to him. It didn't matter they told him to be quiet and shut up and don't open his mouth. You're bothering the master. No, he knew by faith. He saw something by faith that they didn't see. And that was his answer was right there in front of him. And he wasn't going to be denied. It didn't matter who tried to stop him. Amen. Amen. Tenacity. <laughs> I want to tell you, if we're going to walk in this world we live in now, especially in the world that, that we are invaded with in our day, we're going to have to have some tenacity to walk in faith with Jesus. Amen. People are going to mock us. People are going to laugh at us. People are going to downplay us. But we got to keep looking to Jesus. Amen. Keep looking to Him. Keep fighting for Him. Keep walking by faith. And keep holding on to what He has for us. Why? Because there's going to be a battle and it's either going to be a fight of faith or a fight of pride in our life. And if we let pride enter in our life, pride always wins and we lose. Amen. But if we'll humble ourselves and be meek and operate in faith, we won't have to worry about prideful things that come out of our heart and worry about what people think. We just want to get a hold of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Why? Because not only does Jesus open blind eyes and, and deaf ears, but Jesus changes heart and hearts. Jesus changes a man who's walking with very little hope and on the verge of depression to putting a spirit of life in them that they can walk with gladness and joy and hope and great faith, knowing that, hey, I may not have hardly anything in this world, but I've got the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and I'm going to abide under His shadow, amen. I'm going to walk with him and I'm going to let him fill me up. Because the enemy is always out to distract us with our pride. I think about Miss Boots. We're so glad you got to come fellowship with us today. I said, We're so glad you got to come fellowship with us today. I'm just so thankful for the good Lord. I was able to make one little thrill. Amen. And I've enjoyed everything out of it. Bring back so many good memories. Mm. You know, having that too. Mm -hmm. What it means to me. I know. Amen. You know, Miss Boots, it wasn't long ago, me and Brother Shannon was outside working on something, and he handed me his Bible. And he said to me, he said, Preacher, you always like using other people's Bibles when you preach their funerals, so I'm going to give you my Bible, and I want you to preach my funeral before I go. Tell me what you're going to tell me if what you would tell me if I was to die tomorrow. So I looked through his Bible and I looked at a few notes in there and a few things as I like using people's Bible. And, and, and I looked through it and I talked with him about, said, Brother Shen, this is what I'd preach if I'd preach with you. And we talked about it. We laughed about it. He said, it ain't going to do me no good while I'm gone. I'm already going to be with Jesus. It'll be for everybody else. So preach to me now before I can still hear it. And I, I want to share something that I like sharing with people at funerals. I use you all the time when I, when I share at funerals about you, the testimony 
And I'm going to share it with you now, because I'm going to share it again. Well, I want to hear it today. <laughs> <laughs> is that, that she, is, she is a woman who cannot stop looking at Jesus. No. That's what keeps me going. That's right. These folks heard me say it all the time. Miss Boots, she is one of those ladies that she cannot stop looking at Jesus. She can't quit looking at Jesus. No matter what she's been through, no matter what she's lost, no matter the pain and the difficulty. He's always pulled me through. Always pulls you through. And I know where I'm going. Amen. And I know I'll walk again. Amen. She's going to walk again. Glory. I know that. Why? Because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. She can't quit looking to Jesus. No matter what she has to face, no matter what she's been through, no matter the challenges or the difficulties, the testimony's always been clear. I can't quit looking at Jesus. And Jesus keeps bringing me through. Yeah. And I want to tell you, I want that to be my testimony. That Nick cannot quit looking at Jesus. No matter what he has to face in life. He can't quit looking to Jesus. This Syrophoenician woman, quit, could, she, she couldn't quit looking at Jesus. Even when Jesus called her daughter. Even when Jesus insulted her, she just affirmed exactly what he says. Yes, I may be a dog, but even dogs eat from the master's table. Amen. She wasn't injured by it. Why? Because the need she had for Jesus superseded the need that she would have had it to be affirmed of being something other than a dog. That didn't bother her. It wasn't an insult to injury. It affirmed her allegiance unto him and her need. Bartimaeus had a need. It mattered what those disciples told him. He couldn't quit looking at Jesus. He needed Jesus. And I want to tell you, if we're going to walk in this life, and we're going to walk abundant and fruitful in life he's given us. We, we cannot stop looking at Jesus. We've got to keep an eye on him. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> got to keep an eye on him. But I want to tell you, he's got his eye on him. Scripture says he refers to us as the apple of his eye. And when God takes pleasure and puts his eye on a man because a man fears him and trusts in him and waits upon his mercy, when that man has favor, that woman has favor in the presence of God in their life, that man or woman, it doesn't matter what they have to go through, no matter what they face, no matter the danger that comes their way, they are in the safest place in all the world. I want to ask you today, can you stop looking at Jesus? Are you looking at Jesus? Do you know that Jesus is looking at you? And that he wants to do something wonderful. Not, not just for you, but he wants to do something wonderful in you. In you. In you. You know, we talked about this quite a bit over the last little bit. When, when we began to learn how to pray for one another and pray for ourselves, how many of y'all got some things y'all need Jesus to fix right now? Come on. How many of y'all have multiple things? 
Most of us all do. But I want you to I want you to think about it like this. Start asking the Lord instead of asking God to fix it, whatever it is or whatever they are. Just start asking God to fix you for it. There you go. Ask Him to fix you for it. Ask Him to do a work in you so that you can embrace what He set before you. That you may be able to bring His glory, bring glory to Him. Because you can't keep you, you can't stop looking to Him. And you can't stop bringing you through. Amen? Amen. Because He's not in the business just fixing things for us, but He's in the business of fixing us. Amen. Fixing us so that we can walk through things in life. And that's what we need. We need His presence. We need His favor. We need to trust Him. We need His hope. We need His gladness. We need His joy. We need Him to fix us. For whatever He puts in our path and bring glory to Him. Oh, what that Savior did for that woman that day. Not only did it affect her daughter, but oh, what it did to her. And that's what we need. We need to do something in us. Amen. Amen. So I pray for you today. That look, I shared this other evening, and it just sparked a nerve, and, and, and quite a few think it helped a few people. Is that we must always remember that God is always good. He is gracious. He is kind. He is loving. He is merciful. He is just, and He is holy. And because He's always good, no matter what circumstances look like, no matter what the situations look like, I can still hold on the fact that God is good. And this good God wants me to entrust my works unto Him. And when I do, the Scripture says He will establish my thoughts. That means that He will root His thought, my thoughts in Him and He will blossom my thoughts for His kingdom and for His glory. And when that begins to happen, I begin to see Him shine in the darkness. Yeah. And I see Him shine in the light. Amen. You know, right now, if we walked outside, you can't see Him because it's so bright, but the stars are still shining. And they always shine. We just see them better when it gets dark. I want to tell you, Jesus is always good. He's always good. Yeah. And we want to walk in His goodness. Amen. Amen. Walk in His goodness. Y'all pray for this now. Father, we thank you. We thank you that we can celebrate with one another and, and we can rejoice with you and, and celebrate your goodness together. We're grateful for uh, the privilege that we have to uh, worship and adore you, that we can claim and, and rest in your majesty and your beauty. It doesn't matter how you describe us in your precious word. It doesn't matter what you speak over us. When, when we allow you to work in us, Lord, those things you say to us won't insult us. It won't harm us. It won't hurt us. It will just draw us closer to you and we will affirm you as being our king over our life. Lord, we want you to feed us. We need you to lead us. And we need you to empower us and impart your grace and joy within us. So I pray over this congregation, I pray over the folks that are here today, that Lord, you will use us in these times. 
that we will have a tenacity, whether it be in, in community work or political work or business, whatever it may be, whatever you lead us to in life, in business, in relationships, in kingdom work, that the tenacity of your kingdom will manifest that you are in the house and that you reside in us and that we're not going to be denied access to you. We're going to walk in your favor and your grace. So give us that passion and that purpose in life by establishing our thoughts, rooting them in you, blossoming them in the kingdom life. That we can be the people you set apart to glorify your name upon this earth. We thank you for Miss Boots. We thank you for her family. We thank you for the rest of the flock that are here. We thank you for our friends and guests that are with us today. And we just ask that you would touch them with the living word of life, with your grace, and lift them up to walk in your victory. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. How many of y'all have heard me say, where, where does pride come from? Pride is from where? The devil. Y'all say that with me. Pride is from? Pride is from the devil. Pride is from the devil. When Jesus told the disciples that he was going to have to be rejected, he was going to be abused, he was going to be misused by the, by the leaders, and when he said that, Peter looked at him and said, you don't have to go through that, Jesus. You don't deserve that. You haven't done anything to have to go through those <clears throat> those things. And what did what did Jesus tell Peter? He said, "Get thee behind me, Satan, for you are more mindful of the things of man and not the things of God." You see, the enemy is mindful of the things of men. What are men? What is men mindful of things? Things that what protect themselves. Pride, self-pity, pity parties is a product of pride. And pity parties are from where? Pity parties are from where? Say it again. Pity parties are from the devil. They are from the devil. They want you to feel sorry about yourself for what you got to go through for Jesus' sake. But Jesus saw right through it, told him to get behind him, and then he looked at his disciples and said, if any man want to come after me, Follow me into this life. It's going to have to deny himself, take up his cross, and follow after me. Amen? Can't pity yourself and follow Jesus. It's not going to work. And pity is from the devil. Self-pity, a pity party is from the devil. Look, don't host them. Don't have them. Don't let nobody else let you join into their pity parties. Amen? Because what happens when you have self-pity? First thing you do is you doubt God's best. That's all that would have done. If he had listened to Peter, Jesus, he would have doubted God's best. And even though he had to go through some hard things, because of the need Jesus had, because he didn't operate in pride, he was able to see through that, push that aside, and keep walking with his Father. And as we walk through this life and the hard things we're going to have to face, We've got to ask God to do a work in us to be able to embrace what we're going to walk through so we don't find ourselves having pity party after pity party getting further and further away from the Lord and living in doubt 
and always questioning, is this the best God has for me? Are you with me? Amen. It'll help you. It'll help you as we look to him. Because that woman, she could have had a big pity party when Jesus said, hey, you a dog. She didn't know, did she? Didn't insult her. Why? Her need pushed pride aside. And when pride was pushed aside, she was humble. And there's no room for a pity party in a humble man's life. Why? Because Jesus takes up all the space. And when Jesus takes it all up in a humble heart, pity can't have its place in there. But if Jesus is not filling it up, guess what's going to fill it up? Old pity parties. One of the two. A humble heart or a prideful heart. Some of you are going through a lot of stuff. Some of you got big decisions to make, business, relational, those types of things. I encourage you to keep your eye on Jesus. Don't stop looking to him because he's looking to you. Yeah. Follow him. Don't have pity parties. Walk in humility and let Jesus fill you up. Let him fill you up. Let him push pride out. Let him push it out. And keep walking with him. Amen? Amen. 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 Bill, won't you close us, if you would, with a word of prayer, brother, and ask God's favor upon our, our fellowship and meeting. Sure. I have a thought what we just thank you at this time, Lord. Thank you, we had worship, and family, Lord.